Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today on the podcast, we are talking with Coach Harvey Hyde. Of course, this is the new format of the Peristyle Podcast. We're doing multiple shows each week. Last week, we ended up doing three shows, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with uh, Harvey Hyde, Dan Weber, and then Gerard Martinez talking recruiting. We're going to mix it up a little bit this week. We'll try to get a special guest, but of course, we're going to do a bunch of different shows like we talked about. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the format. All the feedback we got so far was positive, Uh, so we love hearing from you. Send us your questions. Tell us who you want the questions to go to. Podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address. You can leave us a voicemail at 206-888-6755, or you go right to our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page and leave a voicemail right from your computer. Without further ado, I want to bring in the coach, Harvey Hyde. What's up, coach? How you doing, man? Ryan, uh, good morning to you and all of our listeners out there. Again, another great weekend. My weekend was filled with a wedding that I attended, and uh, I was a little tired today. It was one of the old uh, Armenian uh, weddings, which means it starts early and ends late. Ah. And uh, we had a great time at it, and it's always great to see people celebrating and, you know, dressing up and wearing the tux and doing the whole thing and then the next morning have a wonderful brunch and do a little Armenian dancing. And, you know, people understand what they, you know, it's like Greek and everything else. Everybody dances and wishes the best to the family and dances with the bride. And and uh, the old man's not uh, up to that yet. You know, he can walk <laughs> and lift weights, but... Jumping around a lot that sort of wears me out. It's a nice aerobic exercise, okay? Yeah. But uh, I'm ready to go, and, you know, we're into the off-season. If you want to call it, there is an off-season. But it's a period of time where players are uh, working out on their own. And uh, this is a period of time I feared the most because I certainly didn't want to have an unfortunate injury. And then at the same time, I didn't want to get some type of News that somebody uh, is not passing a summer school class, which would make him not eligible. And uh, somebody didn't pass a class of the recruited class that needed to uh, help him get admitted into school. So it's a very important uh, portion of uh, the non-contact rule as far as with your own athletes and others. But uh, it's a very important period of time as far as making sure that all these dots are, uh, eyes are dotted so that you can move forward into the season knowing that everybody is ready, eligibly, uh, all academically eligible, all admitted, all can be a camp at, this, at the time they're supposed to be, not say we're waiting for this, we're waiting for clearance, we're waiting for that, and the rehabs, and someone gets hurt in the summer, all of the above. You know, we've been through it before. But it's a very, very uh, important time of the year. It certainly is. And uh, before we jump into that, Coach, I just wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. That's sctickets.com. You can give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. If you need anything, you want tickets to a concert, sporting event, 
theater, go to a play, musical, something like that, go ahead and give them a call or go to sctickets.com and they will hook you up. Um, Coach, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I talked to uh, the last week is when the offseason workouts, they call them player run practices now, uh, where the players, you know, Cody Kessler's the quarterback, he's the main guy, kind of goes through and, and uh, you know, organizes these workouts. They had a lot of people attending. The strength workouts started too. So the strength workouts, the strength coaches are there. So it's it's basically, you know, it's a workout that's official, you know, in school terms, and it's supervised. The off-season work, you know, the player-run practices, those throwing sessions are not. And they changed the rule a little bit, or I guess they changed the way you can interpret the rule, um, that the strength coach, a strength coach can go out, coach, and I don't know if you uh, what you think about this, but the strength coach can now go out and warm the players up. So they run through stretching and and some agility stuff and just kind of get guys warmed up but then once they bring footballs out he is not allowed per ncaa rules to be there that coach cannot be there so they can't it gives it a little bit more organization i guess you could say coach and the with a strength coach there warming them up but then he has to leave and then the players run through seven on seven or eleven on eleven or one-on-ones or whatever they got to do these throwing sessions in the summer that try to try and they're just trying to keep sharp heading into fall camp no, I think that's a good idea. First of all, it uh, loosens them up. Players never stretch uh, to the limits that they're supposed to be stretching before the exercise. Plus, it becomes, I would guess, a little bit of a conditioning uh, period, too, where they do a little running, too, to loosen up their muscles. Agility periods, too, to get you know get warmed up good. I, I think it's very good. Uh, then he has to leave the field. I, I want to ask you this question. How about uh, a trainer on the field? Uh, I think this is something that I can't believe. I don't know if they've uh, made it a a rule that you must have a trainer on the field, but if someone's injured, Ryan, do they have someone out there that can call the paramedics or have a trainer out there to tend to this person? Uh, You know, I don't see a trainer specifically. They usually have someone bring out water. It might be like a – I think it's more of a student manager – uh, you know, I don't know their exact roles, but I think if someone was injured, they would have to, you know, give a call over I and mean, the buildings, you know, next door basically. So I think someone could be there fairly quickly. Uh, but you know, the person they have out there, usually maybe he does have some kind of training in that, but I think it's more of kind of a manager that uh, helps them kind of get through things. Another question, are they doing their summer, uh, workouts on, uh, the real practice field, which was, uh, renovated this uh spring or are they still on the track or in the track facility they're still on the track which is uh kind of a slippery field turf but uh we put up some pictures on twitter uh you can follow uh, coach harvey hyde at coach harvey hyde you can follow me at inside troy um, and we put them up on uscfootball.com uh they've you know resodded the howard jones field which is the main practice field and then Brian Kennedy Field, they built a new field turf there, and it's painted, like painted end zone and stuff. So it's basically half a field, and it's all field turf over there. So they'll be able to do more practices there. I haven't seen the players go out and use that facility yet, but it looks really nice. And I, and what we're hearing is down the road they would like to kind of blow out the other wall. And I, I don't know how it's going to go because it seems like it would infringe on the baseball stadium, but make that side field, the Brian Kennedy Field, actually a full 100-yard field too. Well, great, 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 great. Well, you know, facilities uh, are something that's so important to an athletic department, and money doesn't seem to be a problem any longer in athletic departments with the new 
television revenues and everything that's going on, it's an arms race. It, re- it really is. Uh, and the sharing of revenues from television and attendance and all of the above. So everyone uh, becomes where well, the parody now is uh, becoming uh, pretty equal now in the Pac-12 and also in the Southeastern Conference, one of the strongest conferences. And how about the Big 12 with, uh, with their, what they've done in the uh, in their conferences, I think what the Southeastern Conference might have four or five teams in the College World Series. I mean, it's un- unbelievable uh, the parity now, the number of student athletes there are to compete at this level, and you've got to do such a jo- uh, great job in in uh, uh, recruiting now. But the difference of an athlete is uh, so little that you've got to be able to forecast an athlete. Some athletes have reached their prime in high school and won't get much better. And some three-star athletes are going to become five-star athletes when they're in college because they're still maturing. So it's so delicate on how and who you offer and who you get because the person you might not offer will might be the person that beats you. So it, it really is a, a science and it's really important because there's so many great athletes out there now. There certainly are, Coach, and uh, we. You know, it's funny. I saw. I was watching before we get into these questions here. I, was, I think it was a a, vid, a a radio interview with Nick Hardwick, who retired from uh, the San Diego Chargers. He was a center, and just was never a big guy in high school. He was like 135 pounds. He didn't really even play high school football, and then kind of started a little bit, and then got into things, and uh, ended up, you know, going and, and playing in the NFL for a long time. He just didn't develop and mature and he really was like a skinny guy playing a fat man's game you know he was playing center so he had to you know it was hard for him to keep weight on and stuff all the time uh and now that he's out of the league he's like instantly a lot smaller and and so it's funny like a kid like that he wouldn't be ranked anything because he wasn't even playing you know but he was good enough to make it to the nfl he just he just wasn't someone that looked there's we see a lot of these kids i watch them every, every weekend coach and sometimes they're 16 or 17 years old and they look like they're in college already uh, he certainly did not. <laughs> so it, it really just depends on the player. It really does. And another thing I've noticed this year especially, not that in the past they haven't uh, recruited a lot of players from out of state or in the south, but this year there seems to be more of an interest with student-athletes. Now, I don't know if they just want a trip to Southern California, but a lot of these great five-star players and four-star star, uh, star players in the south – are selecting USC as an official visit and also saying they're in the top three, like Alabama, LSU, and USC. Uh, I have not seen uh, at this early point so much interest from student athletes or high school athletes for the 2016 class uh, making those type of comments. Is that? Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I, I mean... I- I think it's, you know, it changes all the time, but I agree with you. I think you're, you're not seeing that as much. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope they're just not wanting a trip to Southern California, and that's something we used to always worry about at Vegas when I was at UNLV. We had to be really sure that somebody just didn't want to come to Vegas for a weekend. <laughs> What's well, a good place we, to go? We you know? made sure that they would be admissible and how really sincere they really were because otherwise – it wasn't hard to get kids to visit Vegas if you want, you know, to know the truth. And uh, so, you know, you've got to really be 
careful because you're you're limited with the number of official visits you can have, and you want to make sure you have an athlete who is really interested in being a part of your program. And I think I think before coach, when USC was coming off the sanctions, it was there was some excitement with the new coaching staff, and I think there was more. I don't know, people, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about that now. I think this year is more of a prove-it year for USC, and I think the recruiting class is going to reflect how well this team does, where they'll create more excitement if by winning and, and winning some big games, like beating Arizona State in the road early in the season and stuff like that. And I think you're going to see more interest in coming out to L.A. to visit uh, for something like that. Um, I, well, just, I think, I just think it's, Yeah, I think this year is more about the, how they do on the field, and that's going to drive recruiting. I think it is. If they have a great uh, year on the field, I think they'll have another banner year uh, in recruiting. You know, cycles, go. everyone goes through cycles. The Oregon cycle, the Alabama cycle. Now it's Ohio State that's dominating. Michigan State is much better in getting better recruits. It, it, everything goes through a, a cycle of uh who's in control and who is now the team that young student-athletes want to be a part of because of where they're located, uh, how they're winning, uh, who's going to the NFL, all of the above. And uh, I think SC right now is in a position, USC, to to be a part of that and be one of the leaders. All right. Well, Coach, uh, let's jump into some of these questions here. And uh, I think we're going to start with Patrick, if that's okay with you. He says... I read an article with the big cat, so he's talking about Leonard Williams, uh, you know, former USC defensive lineman, that brought up concerns I've had in recent years with our defensive line. I feel like they have loads of talent but have significantly underperformed throughout the Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian era. Uh, Leonard Williams said, the biggest thing is working on my get-off because working in a 3-4, playing in a read-type defense at USC, you kind of have to flip the switch and change into attack mode in the NFL instead of a read and react. Uh, I said, I imagine that the read defense is implemented because of all the running quarterbacks in the Pac-12 and not pro style like the NFL, but it seems like it's been unsuccessful so far and has exposed our defensive backs. Thankfully, we do have some outstanding defensive backs this year. Do you think the problem is personnel or the, the system? And do you think the system, which doesn't seem to apply much pressure to the quarterback, can be championship-level successful. Thanks for the good work. Patrick. Well, Patrick, uh, a long question, but uh, you're very uh, into it. I think that your defense has to fit the personnel you have. If you're the type of team that dominates and you have the dominating type of players that can play down and knock people back off the line of scrimmage in your read and move up and down the line of scrimmage and and overpower people on a bull rush or slip or whatever you're doing, gap defense, then then you're you're better off as far as not having to stun as much and lose contain if you have to or if you do uh, because your outside backers or ends aren't containing today's option quarterbacks and you stop them before you get started. I, I like that when you're dominating. But if you're not, if you don't have these type of athletes, then you've got to assist them as far as applying. Uh, you've heard me use this term, play defense on offense. You've got to get after people. Now, occasionally you're going to get beat. But, two, also you've got to get after people where they can't just sit back there and figure they've got all day. 
And you can't cover all day in the secondary because if you cover all day, you can't play man. So you've got to decide what type of personnel you have and what your philosophy is going to be on defense. Now, when you look at the defensive line uh, this year or last year, there was one dominant player, and we all know who that was. Uh, he, he really controlled the game himself. But there wasn't any other dominant players. And excuse me if you're a parent of, a, of an athlete, as long as your player plays or your son plays up to his abilities, you can't ask for anything more than that. But the ability of some of the athletes on the defensive line currently right now are not at the Leonard Williams uh, level or never can be because they don't have the speed or they don't have the attack mode and they're not big enough, fast enough to do that. Some are too tall. Some can't run well enough. Uh, some uh, there's different reasons, okay? And I've said if there's any one position uh, uh, as a group on this coming year's team, it's the defensive line. They've got to get help from the incoming class of freshmen who are all four- and five-star players, and they've got to assist the defensive front with a different type of scheme or to stay in the same alignment, but you've got to be able to utilize your great linebackers uh, and put pressure and cover up uh, with uh, other ways. You've got to get after people. You can't let people have ball control on you. And you've got to keep them guessing on what you're going to be in or what you're going to do. I've always believed that. When I was an offensive line coach, when I would look at films of the team we're going to play and they always set in the same defense or about the same defense and they had just one or two stunts, Man, I said, this is great. Because normally my players were better, I thought, than the players we're going to play against. And if my player blocked the right player, we're going to win. So my main goal for the week was teach everybody the alignments you're going to face, who you're going to block if they do this, and recognize this, and make the correct calls. And no one make a mistake. And we're going to win this football game. But when I used to have to face a team that almost on every down there was a different look and so on, it really limited us on what we could do. So we, it would really concern me because if one guy makes a mistake, the guy makes a tackle, we got a down that's wasted. So I think that if you do that with great players, uh, man, you got to really uh, put yourself in a, more favorable position, but you're doing what people do when they don't have great players, and you're doing it with great players, which means it's a, an advantage for you. So I'm more the type of guy that's willing to take a risk. Lock up. Get after you. Keep you confused. Have fun on defense. Run people down. Sack the quarterback. Cause turnovers. Uh, uh, then the guy that likes to sit and read because if you don't have the animals up front to do that, you can't do it. So don't try to think you can and teach it because you can't. And I, that's the big question, I think, going into this year, Coach, is the is the lack of depth issue that should be resolved or mostly resolved going to change the, uh, the attitude, I guess you could say, for this USC defense where sometimes they're playing to not get hurt or to, to get through the game, it seemed like, being less aggressive because of the depth issue. Well, Depth issue shouldn't be as big of a deal this year. Will that change? I agree. You know, you can't worry about injury your whole life. You know, if you lose a guy, then take your biggest linebacker and play him down 
and let him fly around and let him do what he has to do. And sometimes he's so much quicker than the guy that's trying to block him that he wins the battle, okay? So, you know, you got to get after people. Like I say, don't have your players watching the game. Have your players playing the game. And you've got to make sure that you do have the players on the field at the right time. You get after people, and you have fun on both sides of the football. All right, Coach, uh, we've got a voicemail question. I will play it for you right now. Uh, here you go. What's good, Ryan? This is Brian from Birmingham, SC fan in SEC country checking in. Um, I know it's been a while, but I have more of a comment slash question for um, Coach Hyde. Um, I was listening to the podcast on last week, and um, you guys made mention of SC finding an identity for itself. Now it's going to be a run first, a pass first. Um, from my understanding, from what I've researched, Buck Allen rushed over 1,400 yards. So, I mean, it was pretty much, um, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to continue to be the same, uh, pretty much balanced. Wanted to get Coach High's um, comments on it or thoughts on it. Um, and also, um, who, who does he think is going to be the future? But I don't think um, Justin Davis. It's going to be able to carry that level all season, and we don't know how healthy Madden is. I keep saying it, James Tolan. I think he's the guy. If Sark would only give him a shot, what do you think? Thanks, love the podcast. Fight on. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and we have missed you. Uh, so take care of the recruiting down there in Alabama <laughs> for us. You're doing a good job. Uh, when you when you look at the uh, uh, the running backs at USC, they are talented players. Uh, I'm going to tell everyone now, I think Trey Manton is going to be 100% healthy for the fall. I think they held him out in the spring so that he would not get injured, and I don't blame him. He doesn't have to prove anything. What does he need to prove? You're proving players you don't want to beat them up. You want to get more turns of players who need to get better. And they needed to get Justin Davis better and then Tolan better. And Tolan, I think, did a great job, too. We, we, I've been talking about him since I saw him the first day when he was a freshman out there. Uh, uh, who's that guy? And remember, Ryan, we've been talking about him for a long time. He'd be a scholarship player anywhere else in the Pac-12. Uh, I love the backs coming in. And I think that there's one position you can play in college football and adjust immediately. It's a running back. It's got your God-given skills. Just Jones' kid from Texas is a heck of a player and a great, got great speed. Uh, I think Davis is going to be good. Justin's coming back. I thought he had a good spring. I love Ware that's coming in. He's a hard-nosed kid. And this Dominic Davis kid is, uh, I don't know if he's going to play running back, but he's going to play receiver, a little bit of everything. They're not sure what they're going to play him as, but he's one of the fastest kids in the state of California. I don't think the cupboards are bare. Let me put it to you that way. Uh, then you got two fullbacks we don't even talk about when you talk of Anuku and Pinner. Depends on the philosophy of what uh, Coach Sarkeen decides to do with his running backs. Are you sincerely going to be a running football team where you can dominate and smash people in the mouth and run the football? And I think that's something you, you teach them in the fall camp and you teach your offensive linemen that, that you've got to own the line of scrimmage. And you got to dominate. So the running game is something that's a philosophy that comes from the head coach down to the offensive line, 
to the running backs, to the quarterbacks. Yes, we've got to do everything well, but we've got to run the football. And that's where your backs gain self-pride in themselves. That's where they, they get the extra yard and fall an extra yard farther down the field, roll, fight for that extra yard. If you get one yard extra on every time you carry the ball, if you carry the ball 30 times a game, that's 30 yards. That's three first downs. And as far as the replacement of Buck Allen, I don't think you're going to do that immediately. I think Buck Allen is was a force and a horse, and he had good hands. And I think he was just sort of coming into his prime. I think he'll make it with Baltimore. There's no question in my mind. I think they got a great draft choice there. And he's a good kid and a smart kid. I hate to see him go, as you hate to see all your players go. But someone else has got to step up. It's next. Who's up? Who's next in line? I think that position is wide open. It's who wants it? Who wants it the most? How much do they give him an opportunity to win that position? Is it every other down you're going to play, or is it every down you're going to play? I think these are the things you motivate your people in and you grade on. And you've not only a, a running back, you're a blocker, you're a receiver. Do you take the same pride in all three of the areas? Are you a team guy or a me guy? And you start selling this not only with the running backs, but all positions, including the quarterback and the defensive side of the football and the place kicker and the whole thing. It's, it's, uh, it's something that you breed within your team that uh, the competition and the belief in your team and the success in your team and the love for your teammates and all of the above is what makes you a champion on the field as well as off the field, in the classroom as well as out of the classroom. Everywhere you go, you never know who's evaluating you. You go in a restaurant, you don't know them, but they know you. How you travel on an airplane, how you travel as a team, how, what do the uh, flight attendants say to uh, their other uh, flight attendants when, they, when you travel and they play? You say, you know, we had USC this week. Wow, were they gentlemen. They were really nice. They weren't like the other team last week that were trying to get in the liquor cabinet. So all of those things are part of being a champion. And you, and you teach it from the beginning. And it comes from discipline, self-discipline. From what do you wear on the field? How you dress on the field? How you dress around campus? How do you act in your classes? You want everybody to say, wow, what a great kid or what a great program. And that's what it delivers, comes back to. Coach, great stuff. we got one last one for you before we uh, wrap up this week's show. Uh, let's go to Tarek. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Tarek says, should USC continue with an up-tempo offense or continue to use the spread offense with pro-style concepts? Well, uh, we were just talking about that. You've got to have a philosophy, and you better stay with your philosophy, whatever you're teaching. You know, the worst thing that can happen to you, you say we're an up-tempo offensive football team, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, and then the kids see you get away from it. And they say, what are they doing that for? They don't think we can do the other, other thing? That's why I used to say, before you play a team, you don't change what you do. You just work at uh, what you do and do it better. You don't change your offense or change your defense all of a sudden because people, the you know, kids think, uh, 
oh, man, they must not think we can beat this team. So they're changing everything. So if you're going to be a huddle team, be a huddle team. If you're going to be up-tempo, be up-tempo. But be up-tempo all the time. But don't go back and forth and decide and just be a no-huddle team. Uh, have a have a purpose of what you're doing and why you're doing it, and stick with it. Uh, yeah, I think I, the, you know, you see. I'm not going to be specific on the games we're talking about, but you know, there's some games you're up tempo, and there's some games you're not up tempo. When things don't go right, you slow things down. You end up getting delay of games and delay. Of game. I mean, you know, you don't need any of that stuff. You just got to be able to. Keep it simple, and if you have number one recruiting classes and you have better players than the other team, what are you going to beat yourself for? Just let your athletes play. Limit uh, the things you do, but do them well, where you're just better at people. And uh, I think this is a philosophy that you have to learn and you have to believe in, and you, you live and die with it. And you, and you better be good at what you believe in and uh, – Teach it right and know it. The number one thing is know it. Don't run something you don't know. A lot of people, I'm going to run that because they run that, because they went 11-0 last year. They run this flare. They run that series. or They throw this pass. Hey, do what you do. Don't worry about what they do. I used to say that in recruiting when I'd go into home and I'd sit there and the first thing a parent would say to me is, Coach, the other school was in here last night, and they were telling me about this, and they were telling me about that, about your school, and this about your school. And I would say back to them, well, what did they say about their school? Did they have anything good to say about their school, or are they more interested in our school because they know we're going to get your kid? And uh, <laughs> it sort of makes a, you know, believe in who you are and uh, get it done that way. Well, Coach, Great stuff. We really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying the new format and stuff, and I think the people, the feedback we've got so far, they like it. Uh, shorter shows, multiple shows a week, and uh, so I think it's been good so far. I hope you like it. Well, I, I like it any way you want to do it, Ryan. It doesn't make any difference to me. As long as the people like it and we enjoy doing it, uh, I don't care how you want to do it. You know, it, uh, it's I'm I work for you, okay? And I love doing it. <laughs> And uh, you're the head coach, and I'm just a small piece of it, okay? Oh, please, not a small piece. But thanks again, Coach. Thanks for coming on. And everyone else, you've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.